Alright, well welcome to Asante Church. It is good to worship with you this morning. I want to take a special moment to thank our dads that are in the house. As church goes, usually your biggest attended day of the year is usually always Easter. Second most attended, Christmas. Third most attended, Mother's Day. Shout out to all my moms in the house. Least attended day of church ever, every year, for always, uh, since they created Father's Day, has been Father's Day. All right, you can look at attendance, you can look at the numbers, do the math, find any study of any statistics. Father's Day is always the lowest attended day of the year. And so, if you are a dad that is here this morning, I want to thank you for putting a priority on Jesus. I want to thank you for making most of Je much of Jesus in your household, for leading the way that God intended you to lead your house, your wife and your kids. So if you are here and you are a dad, thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for following Jesus. Just because you don't have kids does not mean that you are not a dad. There are many spiritual fathers in this room, just like Jacob said earlier, to all my spiritual dads in the house that have taken a young man under their wing to disciple them. Thank you. For a lot of years of my life, that was my story. That is how I fell madly, deeply in love with Jesus because there was a man that took me under his wing as my youth pastor. There were many coaches that did the same. And so if that is you this morning, thank you for taking that role serious. It's one thing to be given a child and say you have to keep it alive. It's another to go finally and say, hey, I'm going to make sure you stay alive for an eternity. So a lot of crazy people in here. This week, I did a little research. Uh, when I became a dad, we moved into a house, well, we moved into a house, and then I became a dad, and this house was built in 1963, and being a dad, I and mean, all my resource sources were going towards keeping little baby Brooklyn alive, and they were not going towards paying someone else to work on my house, and so if I got any DIY do-it-yourself dads in the house this week, can I get a hand raised while you guys put in the work? Come on. Yeah, you make a lot of wives really nervous, okay? <laughs> So, I put in some research this week, and I wanted to find the sketchiest DIY dad fails that I could find. And so, I found some good ones. I found some good ones here. Brian, if you will help me out. Very first one here, this is a classic when you have a light that has two sockets. This is the double switch play cover, alright? You ever find yourself in this situation and the decision is more baby food or save 30 cents and gas to Lowe's or Home Depot, this is the clear route to take right here, okay? This is a winner. This is a dad that's making it happen for his family. Props to this guy. The second one we have here is the, my dad was a roofer. He was also a floorer. This is in our very own Scottsdale, Arizona. I photoshopped the address out so you wouldn't drive to this person's house. That is the heaviest roof known to man right there. And just so you know, I'm sure their floors are just super grippy. You cannot slip on them if you try. Lots of good shingles on those floors. Um, this is just worrisome. We should move on. This next one is the We Didn't Need Eating Utensils Anyway. If any of you guys have been to medieval times in your life, this is this house right here. Look, I, I, I don't know, there's some drawers here. We're just going to build this wall right up against them. 
don't know, maybe they're covered. No, that's definitely not working. This next one is a personal favorite. This is the interrupting tree. I don't know what dad decided. We need a driveway where that tree is. Maybe this is a motorcycle family. I'm not really sure, but there is a slim chance that this is actually the tree from the seed of James and the giant beanstalk, and they it just sprouted up overnight, and they really didn't have a choice, but I'm thinking dad just failed on this one. This next one is called the security handle. Dad, you have one job. We need to open and close this door. And now it just stays open. So, thanks, Dad. This is the good one right here, too. This one's called the privacy notch. That's, uh, I got a lot of toilet, not a lot of room, you know? I used to have a lot of door. Not anymore. And then this last one is the convenience corner. Hey. I know. As dads, a lot of times we're like, I gotta do the dishes, but my phone's almost dead. This is genius, alright? If this is your setup, you don't need coffee ever. You just turn the water on and stick your hand in there. Good morning. And then lastly, this is to all of our accident-prone, OSHA rule-breaking DIY dads. I saw Jacob do this, turning this screen up this morning. We were deep in prayer that he would not die. But look, you've been in this situation before. Sometimes ladders just start calling us, and you got to get up to the second story. So uh, let's grab a picnic table. Uh, it looks like let's just grab another table with some hay dice blocks, and yeah, we'll just stack it on up and just get a good lean on this thing. It's not going anywhere. So, dads in the house, thank you for all you do in your family. Thank you for all you do on your homes. And thank you for all the ways that you mess your homes up in trying to fix them. We can mess our homes up all we want. We can be as DIY as we want to be, but when it comes to our homes and the people that are living in it, we can absolutely not mess up. That is one thing that we cannot get wrong, and that is our wives, as husbands, and that is our children, as their fathers. So, for all of our kiddos in the house today with activity sheets, we are going to be in John chapter 4, verses 46 through 53. John chapter 4, verses 46 through 53. And we are going to start out in verses 46 through 50 this morning. It says, So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. These people are probably really happy that Jesus just came back after that wedding miracle. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. First point this morning, as a father, 
you bring your children before Jesus. As a father, you bring your children before Jesus. This royal official, he had a deep concern. And that concern was that his son was ill. He had a fever and he was at the point of death. And so what does he do? He brings this concern of his child before Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He gets rid of that fever. He heals the illness and he heals this young man. He meets that concern. As fathers, we bring every concern of our children before Jesus, regardless of what stands in the way. We know that this man came from a long distance away. He would have had to travel between 18 and 22 miles just to get in the presence of Jesus, just to get a chance to come before Jesus and say, I hear that you are the guy that turned water into wine at the, at the wedding. And surely if you can do that, then maybe you can heal my son. 18 to 22 miles just for a shot at his son being healed. He took his concern for his child before Jesus. And as dads, we do the same when it is our children. Our children have physical and emotional concerns that we are concerned about as their dads. For this royal official, his son was dying. That was a physical concern. That was an emotional concern for his son. He knew that he was sick. He knew that he was ill. He knew that this fever had been on him for a long time. And he knew that things were looking rough. And if dad had to go two days out of his way walking to find Jesus, then surely something was wrong. He took that concern to Jesus. We take our own kids' hurts before the Lord as well. And there are a lot of them. I remember the first time that Brooklyn took her first spill. We were in the student ministry. Up and, uh, at our old church and she fell off the chair and it was like somebody had sucked the breath out of my lungs and in that moment I felt every ounce of pain that I could imagine that she was feeling as she fell off as she bumped her head and every tear that came out of her eyes I felt like oh goodness I feel like I'm crying these tears on the inside when your kids are hurting as a father you feel that pain whether it's physical, whether it is emotional, you feel that pain. But our kids also have concerns that are much greater than just physical concerns or emotional concerns. Our kids have concerns that are spiritual as well. And your kids may be sick, and that may lead to death. But the concerns that we have in this life, the physical and the emotional, life is but the width of a hand. Bible says it is a grain of sand on the beach and it will be here and it will pass but the spiritual concerns of our kids those go forever those go into an eternity and our kids our children as fathers are born into the same broken sinful world into the same sin that we were born into they are born needing the same forgiveness that we experience when we enter into a relationship with Jesus and they have the same need for a relationship and union with God. So there are physical needs, there are emotional needs, and those are a big deal. And we take those before Jesus, but there are also spiritual needs. So how do we, as dads, play a role in meeting these spiritual needs? Being here this morning is a big first step. Being a dad that puts a priority on Jesus on Saturday night so that you can be lifting the name of Jesus high on Sunday morning, that's something that takes thought. 
That's not just something that happens, especially if you have kids. You don't just wake up, everybody's out of bed on time, everybody's in a good mood, out of their PJs, dressed up, ready to go to church. That's not how it works in our house. I know it's not how it works in your house. You have to make it a priority. You also have to love God. You have to love people. And you have to live in obedience to Him. And you have to set an example for your children so that they can see that. If all they ever see is a dad that loves Jesus on Sundays, how are they expected to love Jesus outside of what their dad does? We set the pace. We live the example. Let them see you reading the Bible. Let them see you actually open it up. If your Bible's on your phone, it'd be a good idea to make it known. That way they don't think you're just scrolling through Facebook again. But you're spending time with Jesus. Let them see you pray. It's okay. I think there's a lot of times we have to feel like as dads we have to be this manly masculine figure that's full of machismo and if you don't look like Sylvester Stallone for Jesus it's just not working but we need to practice vulnerability. Our kids need to see us in a place where we are vulnerable at the feet of Jesus. We need to be okay with that. We need to be okay with not having it all together. We need to be okay with needing Jesus. And then as dads we need to talk about it. It's one thing to always do it, but have a discussion with your kids. Hey, here's why I read the Bible every morning. Because if I don't have Jesus loving me and pouring into me, then I'll have nothing to pour out into you in my relationship with you being your dad. Hey, here is why I go before the Lord and pray and talk to him and listen to his voice and what he has to say to me every morning. Because if I don't seek his will in my life and his will in your life, then I'll have no way to lead you the way that God intended that. And then we submit our children to God. This is not easy because this is countercultural. But it looks like this is a countercultural church when you have a high attendance Sunday on a Father's Day. So let's keep being countercultural and let's keep being pro Jesus. We submit our children to God. It's not about what we want for our children, it's not about what the world wants for our children, what the world says is normal for our children, but it's about what God wants for our children. And so, as dads, let's lead them in the way that the Father wants them to go. And when we submit our children to God, that means that we trust God. That means we trust God with their health. And I've seen so many of you dads trust God with your children's health. And I've seen God come through in powerful, mighty ways. And the Spirit move in the lives of your kids. That is absolutely miraculous. So you give your children's health to the Father. You give your children's character to the Father. You give your children stress and anxiety and worries about school and life and transitions and big changes. You give that to the Father as well. You come before Jesus with that. Dads, that means that you give your kids dating to God. That doesn't mean you don't stock up on guns and ammo. Okay? <laughs> be ready, practically. But in the spiritual realm, be praying. Be praying for their purity. Be praying for the purity of the person that they call their boyfriend or their girlfriend. And that means that we trust God with them trusting God. That one day he will call them into relationship with him. And when they are ready, based off the part that we've had to play, and building that spiritual foundation for them, that they will answer the call of God. As he knocks on the doors of their hearts and he says, hey, I want a relationship with you. We trust God with all that. We move on in John 4, verses 51 through 53. It continues. It says, as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So 
So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed. Second point this morning is that he believed. He sought Jesus. The royal official humbled himself before Jesus. And he was a royal official. It was thought that he was a servant in the house of Herod Antipas. So for a servant, for a royal official in the house of Herod to be at a high place, at a high status in Roman culture, to travel two days on foot, 18 to 22 miles, to find a Jewish man who claimed to be the Messiah, who was a carpenter, that he had heard had performed this miracle of turning water into wine at a wedding. This father, this royal official, is humbling himself before Jesus, going against what the culture says. So dads, we also have to humble ourselves before Jesus on on the behalf of our children, on the behalf of our household on a daily basis. We humble ourselves before God in repentance, knowing that we are broken, messed up dads, and we cannot lead out of that brokenness, because if we father out of the brokenness that's within us, then we are imprinting our brokenness onto our kids, and they will one day grow up to leave in the same brokenness that we have displaced onto them. So we seek Jesus. We seek Jesus so that one day they will lead, and they will love their kids out of seeking and serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hoping that will make all the difference. We don't just seek God and humble ourselves before Jesus in repentance, but we humble ourselves before Jesus in daily following him. And letting that be known to our children. Don't walk them out when hard times come. Let them see what is going on. We humble ourselves in saying that we cannot handle it all on our own. That we need Jesus. That we need the Spirit and that we need his help. And we also see that we need to be desperate. The royal official was desperate. Why was he desperate? Because his son was on his deathbed. And he was doing, willing to do whatever it would take. So dads, we also have to be desperate. We have to realize that our families have physical and emotional needs and spiritual needs that only Jesus can meet. That we can only meet in the power of the Holy Spirit who has been given to us when we come in relationship with Jesus. And why is that? Dads, this is not news to you, but we are limited. We are limited in our time. You work all day long, you come home, and you're exhausted. You're limited on your energy, you're limited in your strength, you're limited in your focus. After you've just spent all of your mental capacity on one thing all day, and now you come home to kids who need you to be with them. We are limited in our patience, and we are limited in our resources. As we see from tiles on the roof, from doors being cut with toilet notches, as we see a double switch plate cover like I've never seen. But be encouraged, dads, because God is not limited. His resources are limitless. God the Father has limitless resources. Jesus is not limited, and he is sitting at his right hand, interceding for us, praying for us as dads, as we seek to raise up our sons, our daughters, to live and love him and seek after him. And the Spirit is not limited, as He provides everything that we need, 
as dads, our strength starts here and it ends about here. But everything that we need to love our kids as Jesus would have us love kids, that ends about right here. And so everything in between is not us drinking a Red Bull and saying, let's white knuckle this and get this done. Everything in between is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you if you are in relationship with Jesus. So lean into the Spirit. Not lean into caffeine, not lean into anything else, not try to escape and run from the situation altogether, but lean into your fatherhood and embrace it, knowing that you cannot do it. Because your resources are limited, but God, the Holy Trinity, the resources are plentiful. We see that Jesus, by the power of the Spirit and the will of God the Father, met his greatest concern. Jesus met a physical and an emotional need, and we've been talking about that since we opened the doors of this church, meeting physical and emotional needs. And what was the physical and emotional need that needed to be met in the life of this royal official? It was that his son was dying, and he needed to be healed. And that led to meeting a spiritual need. What happened? Jesus said, go, your son is healed. And he went. And when the servant came and he said that, hey, this time yesterday your son was healed, what happened for the father? He believed. As dads, we meet physical and emotional needs to crack the door for Jesus to meet spiritual needs. But we cannot meet those physical and emotional needs the way that we need to if we do not first have a relationship with Jesus. Once we have a relationship with Jesus, we receive the Spirit, then we can move on and love in the way that God intended. And when we love in the way that God intended, we lay the foundation to meet the physical and emotional needs of our wives and of our kids, so that then a door will be cracked spiritually so that Jesus can call them into relationship with him. So what do our wives want? What do our kids want from us as dads? Again, hopefully this is not a shock to you. Hopefully this is not a surprise. But your kids want your love. They want to hear that they are loved. They want to hear from their daddy, I love you. They want your time. They want your focus. For me, that means I need to put the phone down, I need to put the screen down, I need to put whatever it is that I'm doing down, whether that's work or whatever. Whatever is distracting me from being in the moment and present with my girls, I need to put that down. And I need to meet my girls in whatever crazy little My Little Pony universe they find themselves in. And I need to meet them with all my strength and wholeheartedly, being present in the moment with them. And what do my girls need? My girls need protection. They need a dad who is strong. And I can't protect them if I'm not present, if I'm not there. So I need to be there physically as a dad to love them and to keep them safe. And the same goes for my wife. Dad, if we're going to get things right for our kids, that means that we need to love our, wife, our wives well so that our children can see that example and they can grow up to do the same. Dads, husbands, set the example for your son of what it looks like to love your wife so that one day he will grow up and he will love a woman in the same way, patiently, gracefully, fully present. Dads, set the tone for your daughters for the men that they will look for when they look for a mate, someone to pursue and advance the kingdom with. You set the example. They are looking to you and what they will find one day in a husband. So let's set the foundation. Set the foundation by loving your wife, by letting your kids hear that you love your wife, by letting your kids see that you love your wife. 
that there is no one else in the world who is more beautiful, who is more lovely. That's number one. Your daughters can take second place, and you know what? That's absolutely okay. Because one day, they're going to be someone else's first place. And that's how God designed it. Your wife wants your time. She wants your presence. I learned recently that the more house chores I do doesn't help Rachel out. It just stresses her out. I can take all the dirty dishes, clean them, put them in the dishwasher, but when I open that dishwasher the next morning, you know what? It doesn't look like when I put the dishes in there. Suddenly there's a lot more room and I can put a lot more work on Rachel's plate. What I'm learning as a husband that I want my girls to see in action in our house is that I'm taking time to be present and alert with my wife, focused on her and wholly on her, sitting down at the end of the day, talking about, hey, how was your day? Hey, how was your quiet time? Hey, what is God doing in your life right now? And helping lead her spiritually, not just when it comes to the big decisions of our household. I know that it's quality time over active service. It's not just telling her how beautiful she is, but doing things that make her feel beautiful. So dads, if you want your sons to grow up to be good husbands, if you want your daughters to grow up and find a good man to love as a husband, set the example. And when we meet those physical and emotional needs in those areas of our house, a door is opened wide for Jesus to come in and meet spiritual needs. When we give our hearts to Jesus and our families, we set the tone for the rest of our families giving their hearts to Jesus. Jesus met the royal official's biggest need, and what did he do? He believed. And what happened next? John 4, verse 53. And he himself believed. And what does the rest of that verse say? And all his household believed and all of his household believed. The third and final point this morning is that his household believed. A household of Romans at a high status believed in a Jewish carpenter as their Messiah. Now that is counterculture. Now that goes against the norms. So dads, hear me out when I say that when you believe your families will follow. Let's look at some more statistics this morning. When dad comes to Jesus first in the house, 93% of the time, the rest of the family will follow. Dads, you have impact. Step up. Wake up. See that Jesus is what you need to experience true life. See that Jesus is what you need for repentance. See that Jesus wants to walk with you as you figure out how it is to be a dad. See that Jesus wants you to live in community as you figure out how it is to be a dad. You cannot do this on your own. 93% of the time when a dad gives his life to Jesus first, the rest of the family follows. You're going to tell me there's not a design in that put into our hearts by God himself. The rest of the family follows. And we see that in the life of this royal official. An entire Roman family saying that Jewish person. The culture would say we need to hate, we need to be against as we are occupying their land. No, that's not all he is. He's not just a carpenter. That is the Messiah. When mom and dad attend church together, 72% of the time the children remain faithful to following Jesus. When dad alone attends church, 55% of the time, the children remain faithful to following Jesus. When mom alone attends church, 15% of the time, the children remain faithful to following Jesus. 
And when neither parent attends church, the child has a 6% chance to come into relationship with Jesus and remain faithful to Jesus. So dads, let's realize the impact that we have. I'm not just talking for the dads that have sons and daughters of their own. I'm talking about you spiritual fathers. Realize the impact that you have. A lot of Sundays in my life, it was the impact of a spiritual father that woke my butt up out of bed and got me to church because I knew I'd get a phone call after church if I wasn't there because somebody loved me, because somebody cared for me, because somebody was willing to invest in me spiritually. So, something to keep in mind as we move forward as dads following Jesus. And that is as dads that we are imperfect shadows being cast by a perfect form, by a perfect substance of Jesus. And the, the people that our shadows are cast to are our children. And God, being the loving God that he is, and a perfect Jesus, so that we could be in right relationship with him. So, let's live in grace. I want you to hear, first and foremost, I don't want this to be a pull yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of sermon, because that is nonsense, that is anti-gospel. We do not do this in our own strength, we do this in the strength of the Holy Spirit. So as dads, I want you to hear me if you don't hear anything else this morning. You are going to mess up. You are not perfect. But I also want you to know that it is okay to mess up. We no longer live under the law. We live under grace. When Jesus defeated sin and he defeated death and he defeated the enemy, we live under the new covenant. God's love for us and grace. It is more important, it is more crucial that your children see what happens when you mess up than see you get it right all the time. Because it's a it's easy to keep going, it's easy to keep pressing on when everything is right. Nothing is wrong. We've got it all together. Your kids, they get that. They know what it looks like when you have it all together. But what does dad do when he doesn't have everything together? What does dad do when something blows up? Let your children see who you run to, how you run to. Let them, let them see you run to Jesus and know that it is okay. The most impact you will have on your kid's life is when you mess up. Having a conversation saying, you know what? I didn't do this right, but I didn't run from God in this moment. I ran to God knowing that he loves me and knowing that he says this is okay. This is not who I am. So let's love and let's seek Jesus first. Let's seek him humbly. Let's seek him desperately for our sons, for our daughters, and for our wives. And let's live out of that love as an overflow as we advance this kingdom and as we are the church to everyone around us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. Father God, we thank you that you love us so much that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for us. We thank you that we can bring our concerns for our children, whether that is physical, whether that is emotional, whether that is the biggest concern, that is spiritual, before you, Father, because we are put in the right relationship with you because of the work of Jesus on the cross. Jesus, thank you that you hear our concerns. Thank you that we do not have to worry about whether they will be met, but that we can trust in you, that we can submit our families, our sons, our daughters, our wives to you as heads of the household, as dads and as husbands, and that you will take care of our people. 
Help us to be dads that love you, Jesus. That lead by example, not just when we are walking step by step with you, but Jesus, when we have fallen, when we have fallen short, when we have sinned, when we need to repent, help us to live transparent lives that are vulnerable to our kids because they need to see dads to know what grace is, to know how to live in grace and walk in grace. And instead of running away from you, God, when things get harder, when things fall apart, our children need to see dads that run to you. So Father, hear us as we bring the concerns of our households to you humbly and desperately. Help us be dads that love you and set the example for our houses so that one day our children, our sons will grow up and they will be fathers that love you and seek after you. And one day our daughters will grow up and they will marry men that will become fathers that seek after you with all their heart. Help us to be dads after your heart, Jesus, so that we can have families after your heart. In your name we pray. Thank you.